The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Welcome to Nebraska Preps Post Game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. It's another episode. It is NEB Preps, or as the big voice guy likes to say, the Nebraska Preps Post Game. That's its official title with my main man, Jacob Padilla. Good mid morning. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I feel like we just talked. <laughs> and we've yeah. been talking for, <laughs> for 30 minutes since you got here. And now uh, we've got the show. How's yeah. the Wi-Fi? Is, is is Wiffy good? We're working right now. No no hard out this week, so we'll we'll, we'll uh, try to go a little longer than 20 minutes this week. Uh, had a l- short episode last week, but we got uh, we got more time to kind of chop it up this yeah, week. Yeah, lo- logistics suck. <laughs> they just do, especially when you got well at least one kid and then <laughs> the, the adults over there. But you got a kid, like the attention span, it 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 wavers. Shane, we're good to go, man. How do, how do we sound? You like the audio? I like the audio. The video looks great. So let's uh, keep our fingers crossed and hope the Wi-Fi stays up. Yeah, Wi-Fi. Uh, Kansas City. I, I'm my head's spinning just a little bit because. Uh, uh, you know, prep last night, watching some summer league stuff. It's all over with the new locations. We we've gone back and forth over the pros and cons of that. I think it's more a con, even though the one pro that's kind of sneaky, it's a little bit more of a controlled environment. Yeah, and D- like, so you, I kind of like that. And, and like with for prep, you can do the the shot clock on uh, depending yeah. on what court you're on. Um, you've got people there that that, that was part of the op- like you said the op. The option to kind of control, all right, you're doing quarters, you're doing shot clock. Yeah. Um, so kind of more replicating what it's going to be during the regular season. Um, so that was part of it on top of easier commute for some people and controlling the game and all that type of thing. So um, at least uh, last last night at uh, at prep they had, uh, was it uh, – Papios or no Westside wasn't uh, wasn't hosting this week. It was just the two locations, yeah. Papio South and Prep. And, prep. and next week, uh, Westside West will host. host. Papio South won't. So Prep will have eight teams versus four. So that's I got to see a little bit more. Yeah, last and night than uh, I did the two weeks ago. Yeah, a little little bit bigger under under the roof, man. So let let's start with you and young Mister Sauter, Michael Jerome Sauter. Making the tra- – I just make – it's whatever middle name <laughs> comes to mind. <laughs> he um, you, you caught a few Zs. You guys left early so you could get down there on time. Yeah, so we uh, – for the Midwest Basketball Showcase, the live scholastic recruiting period, um, 
decided to do one day of the girls, one day of the boys to kind of uh, make it fair, try to make sure we see everybody or as much as we could. And four days is a lot uh, to be staying down there, especially for uh, staying in a hotel uh, on your dime and all that. So um, decided to drive down on uh, Friday to watch those games and then stay overnight and then watch the game on Saturday and then drive back. Problem with that is the, the way they set the schedule up is they uh, make it for – allow travel in uh, on Thursday and out on Friday. So it starts early or starts late on uh, on Thursday on the day one and then goes late and then uh, on day two, it starts early and ends early. So mm-hmm. it gives t- uh, teams time to travel back home. Well, we were uh, traveling on the non-travel days. So we had to uh, leave bright and early to get there for the start of the 9 a.m. games on Friday and then had to wait around until noon uh, for games to start and then drive back after 8 o'clock on, on Saturday. But um, is what it is. It, we've got a chance to see uh, – I, I think i got to see 18 different teams between the boys and girls uh, in uh, 16 hours. So um, it's good to get a wide uh, view of some teams, especially some that I hadn't seen much of to this point. So you got the morning started bright and early. Was it, it – did you get started at 8 or – you started at 9, right? Yeah, the first games were at 9 o'clock on uh, Friday. And you want to start there? Yeah, we can start with the girls. Um, so to kind of lay it out, the, the rules are a little little different. They went with 18-minute running clock halves, uh, only stopped the last 45 seconds of the game. On and ones, you mm-hmm. didn't shoot the free throw. They just gave you the point automatically so they could keep the game going. And um, all free throws were one for, one, uh, one for two, one for three outside of that. Um, so it was, it was a little weird, um, just kind of the rules, the flow of the game and all that. Um, but, uh, in the end, like, I mean, I I think they could probably tweak that a little bit. I'm talking to some coaches. I don't know that they love the rules exactly either. And I think the the point was to keep the game going, uh, make sure they didn't run behind, but like teams were getting 10 to 15 minutes of, uh, up time. So it wasn't like they were close to, to going over at any point. Um, they, were, they, were, they were running early all day long. So I think that's something. This is the first year that they've done this version because previously in other, other regions they still do the individual invite thing. But I think with some feedback from some coaches in this area, the Missouri coaches and everybody involved decide, all right, let's just invite teams so that kids are playing with people um, they're familiar with. You, you get a truer sense of kind of, what they are uh, for the team and um, versus kind of an all-star all-star game setting. Uh, ho- hopefully uh, we – Yeah, I, I'm hoping that – I'm hoping we didn't lose that. Yeah. But Shane, uh, was that audio all good the whole time? Okay, good, because we couldn't hear anything. Just <laughs> he's, making, he's, he's hilarious. <laughs> he's just kind of back there doing his own thing. But uh, so – and I did talk to a coach down there that – like doesn't love it because like he's there to watch a few kids and you got this kid playing here, this kid playing here. You got to make some choices about who you're going to watch at different times versus, all right, you got a bunch of kids that I, I'm here to watch playing on one team. So like there are pros and cons to the individual versus team for those division one coaches. And that's what this is for. Uh, Cause it's a live recruiting period for them. But um, ultimately, I think it, it, it went pretty well for both the boys and girls, just the flow of everything and getting games and um, seeing some teams that you wouldn't normally see uh, with uh, Missouri and 
So for the girls, it was it was pretty small for the girls because I think it was kind of put together late. I know talking to Westside, they were planning to uh, go to a South Dakota team camp, and then like they they heard last minute like, hey, this is happening, so they flipped the kind of flipped their schedule and jumped into that. So, um, but there were I believe thirteen girls teams from Nebraska and sixteen boys teams. So in total, twenty nine teams down there. I got a chance to play in front of coaches. So when you're looking at kind of the setup, it seems like basketball is so far ahead of some other sports in terms of, you know, live periods, eyeballs, getting folks under one roof. You know, numbers are a little smaller, but the events are so big sometimes you think, oh, gosh, I'd like to see other sports do this. You know, baseball showcases or or football. We've seen some version of seven-on-seven tournaments, but basketball continues to try – to evolve to get folks as much exposure and as many periods as possible for folks to get eyeballs on you. I kind of like the evolution at the high school level, especially regionally, to to bring more attention during the off quote unquote off season. And and yeah, like the, the coaches like that taking feedback. There um, a few years ago. I mean, this was started from the FBI deal where oh, we want to put more power back in the high school coaches in terms of player recruitment yep. versus just the summer. So that's kind of where this June scholastic period came from. Um, but I, I, I mean, again, like talking with coaches, like they, they like the AU, the all-star setup where you've got all the best players playing together and against each other. Whereas um, like, like Nate Lenzer coming down there to watch, Amari Bynum or um, or Brayden Frager, guys that he's offered. I mean, there, there's nobody on either one of those teams that Nebraska's offered or is, is likely going to offer. But you're there to watch this one kid um, versus playing with ETG. You get a look at a few different kids that maybe you're on the radar. You get to see Frager playing against the best competition and with good players around him. So it's different setting for sure. But it is – I mean, the more options – um, you, you, you give these kids, I think, the better it is, and that's ultimately what uh, the people in charge are trying to do is just give more options for kids to be seen uh, and for, for coaches to uh, evaluate players in different settings. Want to start with some of the eval from the girls? Yeah, sure. Um, I said that it was with the rules that the game flow was kind of, uh, kind of choppy and um, it was pretty low scoring a lot of those That was games. extremely low scoring. <laughs> yeah, um, but some of the standouts that – First game saw Kennedy Williams, Lincoln Southwest. Yeah. Um, Back healthy, and it shows. Yeah, it very much so. And looking good. She had 18 uh, points in that first game. Really efficient. Uh, hit a few threes. Um, had an and one a- as well. Finished through contact. Just showing quickness. Showing real quick release. Um, um, great shot form to, to get shots off. Um, and made some big plays. They, they, and, again, with the girls, the, the fewer number of teams – or more Nebraska-Nebraska matchups versus just playing out-of-state teams. Um, whereas the boys, I don't know if anybody played. I, I think all the Nebraska teams played out-state teams. Um, wasn't really in the cards here for the girls. But, um, yeah, Kennedy played well in that game. And then uh, Omaha Westview, too. Um, I, I was impressed. Uh, McCardin King uh, ma- uh, almost matched her with 16 points. And Lucy Fierro um, had 11 points, uh, hit a couple of threes early, had an and one, had six assists. Um, Westview, again, very young. They had freshmen, sophomores last year, mm-hmm. and now both those two players I mentioned are going to be sophomores. Um, 
so that that was probably kind of one of the more entertaining games there. I mean, 54-46, he had 100 points scored in that game. Uh, or in many games that got that uh, got near that point total. But I mean, heck, you even had some boys games that were in the 30s. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Naomi White uh, had had some coaches down there watching her. I know Creighton, and for credit to both Creighton, Nebraska, and Omaha. Boys and girls all had representatives down there throughout the uh, – th- uh, at one point or another in the four days down in Kansas City. So it's good to see kind of them down there evaluating everybody. I know White was on um, Creighton's list to watch. And she, she, I know she's capable – she didn't play as well as she's capable of, um, but uh, playing against Lincoln Pius X. Um, but she took over. They, they were down 19-13, went on a personal 9-2 run, and scored three different ways. She, she's interesting, though, you know, with her shot selection yeah. and degree of difficulty. She can get to a lot of spots on the floor. Yep. Sometimes um, she makes it a little tougher than it has to be, but she's capable athletically yeah. because she can take over. And that's the next step for her because she was kind of came out of nowhere last year. She yeah. was breakout star uh, of Class A girls, I think. Uh, I don't think anybody made a bigger leap than she did um, going from off the radar to the West best player on a, on a top five team. Uh, and so kind of got that, that, that interest coming into the season. She's got multiple D1 offers, again, has some higher level teams watching her. But they, uh, again, they, they were down, took over, and she scored 11 of their 18 points in the second half. They ended up winning by one because uh, Pius threw in a shot from near half court at the buzzer. Um, but that was uh, because White hit a couple of free throws to push that thing to four, so the shot didn't matter. So um, she took over down the stretch. Um, player that I hadn't ever seen before that impressed me, Kiera Duttenhofer from Kearney, um, scored uh, 14 points, finishing around the basket, long, athletic, um, showed good touch, playing against the zone, kind of finding the, the gaps in there along the baseline, facing up a little bit. Six rebounds. Um, I think she'll have a good year for them. Uh, and then Westside's uh, Sanai Foster, someone else that I highlighted. Uh, that I know very, very well. Yep. Uh, just a sophomore, 6'2". Um, still pretty raw, but, um, what I sh- again, Westside split their minutes evenly. They went five in, five out, uh, and subbed uh, throughout the game. So um, they weren't necessarily, all right, we're playing our best five and trying to win this. Uh, but even playing only half the game, Still had 11 points and 10 rebounds. She um, is very, very capable. It's, she's actually legitimately family. That is, <laughs> it's my cousin's daughter. And I tell you what, she she's got good skill. But you're right. Just I think she's kind of trying to assert herself. She has a very uh, laid back personality. Can kind of plays that way, but gifted. And. Five of five from – well, I guess there was an and one in there, so she didn't actually shoot that. But um, didn't miss any of her free throws, and that's where most of her points came from. Uh, and you're 6'2 with uh, the touch to knock down free throws. That, that's very intriguing. And Westside, I think, they, they played a lot of young players last they, they, year. They will be young again. They've got a great incoming class. And uh, Kara Strickland coming over from Bellevue East, yes. uh, I think the second leading scorer uh, up there for them. She'll be an important piece. Kamora Jenkins, who had an – eight three-pointer game last year. Missed the last third of the season, kind of banged, not third, for sure districts. And she just was kind of banged up, but good player. So with all how young they went last year, you got a chance to kind of take a step forward this year with the additions, with the young players now more experienced under their belt. Said got got some other young players joining them. So yeah, Clark, um, Clark, he's done a good job with them. You know, he's, he's made his state tournament runs and, and uh, I I think the talent is now start. The influx is coming back at Westside. 
Yeah, so those were uh, kind of the, the standouts that I saw. Unfortunately, uh, Holly Dolliver w was injured, um, walked down there. She, she was one of the ones that we wanted to see w with Malcolm. Oh, for sure. And walked in the gym and saw her standing along the baseline with her ankle wrapped in street clothes. I'm like, ah, darn it. So di didn't get to see everybody that we were hoping down there. And, again, you got it with only eight hours, you got to choose um, kind of who um, – who you get a chance to see, but um, I uh, I did see so I saw Southwest play twice. Their second game was against Ainsworth, and they've got an Omaha commit in Kendall Delamont, and she didn't shoot like the shot wasn't going down for her in that game. But she's a really an interesting player. I hadn't seen her before. Um, I know she just, um, just committed yes. to Omaha recently, yeah. and um, Coach Banks was down there watching, but. Um, she uh, quick release can get a shot off. Good athlete can rebound, handle the ball well. So, um, kind of another one of those in uh, small school um, uh, girls that uh, Omaha was able to land, uh, kind of like Grace Cave uh, a couple years ago. Does your business need an easy competitive financing for trucks or equipment? Currency is here to help. Currency specializes in finding the best available rates and terms for construction equipment, farm machinery, trucks, and trailers. In fact. Customers can get loans up to $500,000 with little or no money down and terms up to 72 months. Currency can also help if you're getting serious about buying a new or used motorhome, fifth wheel, or utility vehicle. Just fill out an application and the Currency Finance team will get to work finding a lender with the most competitive options. It's quick, secure, and best of all, it's free to use. Currency is equipment financing made simple. Visit GoCurrency.com for details. Uh, let's hop over to the boys. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so, like I said, uh, s the 16 teams down there, I think, or 50, whatever it was. Um, I know Lincoln Pies 10th was planning to be out there, but they've got injuries with Tracy Anderson going down. They've Adam Cersei's been out. Um, yeah, Cersei's been out for a little bit of time now. So, I, I think they, they ended up having to pull out just because they – weren't healthy enough to go have a good showing and make make it worth it. But everybody else down there got a chance to see most of the teams, and a lot of Nebraska teams did well. Uh, I think handful went four and zero, three and one. I know most of the teams that we saw went two and zero on day one. Uh, I, I didn't get a final uh, tally of who, what all the records were because I don't know that they necessarily kept that. Um, it was just mostly the teams letting us know uh, how their weekend went, but. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I'll start with uh, seeing a couple of guys that I hadn't got a chance to see play yet with their teams, and one being Amari Bynum with Brian because he's been gone uh, at camps basically every uh, every time I've seen Brian play, and I've seen Brian play a lot this month. Um, so it was good to finally see what it looked like with him in the lineup. Uh, and he significantly changes things. They played uni Union, a team out of Oklahoma, with a seven-foot kid, um, that with crazy long arms, can't really get off the ground, but he was just massive. Wasn't jumping, still finishing around the basket. So Amari had the pleasure of trying to battle with him, <laughs> uh, giving up uh, quite a bit uh, of height and weight. But he, uh, he showed well for himself. Ended up with 20 points, nine boards, four blocks, including two or three on the big guy. Um, uh, and man, he, he didn't shoot great from three, um, but hit some tough kind of, off the dribble, in between, in the post, two-point jump shots. Like, you just see uh, nice little got into a, like, two-dribble pull-up, 
with the defender hanging off and just bottom of the net. Like you can see the, the touch that he has at that length, uh, at that height, uh, at his position uh, is definitely going to serve him well. Um, had uh, a, a couple of dunks uh, as well. Um, had, had a really nice post move where he spun baseline and then kind of r- reversed on, on the big guys. So um, I, I was impressed. He, uh, he's continued to improve. I think you can see the offers are coming because he has made the leap, even from the end of the, the high school season when I saw him play there and that, um, that kind of regular season finale against Norris when Norris got him. Um, from where he was there to what I saw um, on Saturday it was, um, I, I, I was impressed with kind of the, the progress he's made. And you can see that, um, yeah, he, he's got a chance to be pretty darn good. How, what do you think <clears> – how good do you think he's got a – Bynum has got to change his game defensively or improve along his game? Because he had some – he showed some defensive prowess in KC as well, which he's very capable of with his length. And, and that's, that'll be interesting with – Bynum playing next to Rylan Rodriguez. Um, talk about there aren't a ton of teams with two bigs um, that go six seven or taller in the front court that can play together. Uh, Prep is one. We'll talk to that. We'll talk about them uh, here uh, in a minute. But um, that that is an intriguing look because you can play those two next to each other. They're both skilled enough. Um, I think they both move well enough, and they've got the length. That's going to be tough with those two kind of forming your back line there in terms of shot blocking, rebounding. Uh, Rylan Rodriguez is a great offensive rebounder. That'll be tough for, like, if, if he's got a, uh, an opposing four on him, that's going to be a tough box out for, for those guys, especially if you're playing teams with, like, 6'3", six, 6'4", six, uh, power forwards, so like a lot of teams will have. So, um, yeah, they, they, look, they look quite a bit different with, with Bynum back there in the middle on both ends of the court as opposed to what I, I had seen of them previously this month. And then Chuck Love was the other one with Lincoln Northeast. Um, kind of see what happens there. But he, uh, he kind of did a bit of everything for them. Uh, ended up falling to a Maryville team. Just, they were playing some zone, uh, and they just could not rebound to save their lives as a team. Just, I mean, they were getting stops. They just could not secure the board. And Maryville went on a run to pull. It was tight throughout, and then Maryville went on a stretch there to kind of pull away. And um, Northeast just ran out of steam. But um love uh 28 points uh most i saw from a player down there 12 of 19 shooting including four of eight from three so he's efficient with it um had eight boards including five offensive and and six assists as well so they kind of had him had him bringing the ball up handling it running pick and rolls moving the ball he found some shooters Uh, right off the bat uh got drove baseline kicked to a shooter and then next time down pull up three himself to get him off to a good start um most of his points were rebound like either offensive rebounds where he went and got the ball or uh, putting on the deck and creating himself so that's kind of uh, I mean that's for, for a player like him that's probably not the, the worst development situation right now to kind of see what you're capable of all right hey go handle it you, you be the dude here we've got some young guys around you the guys that don't have a ton of varsity experience guys or none at all um, guys are stepping up um, so he, he played really well in the one game that, that I was able to, to watch down there. Showing what Microcosm, or do you think he can be a more efficient scorer? I, I, again, it'll, a lot of it depend on kind of some of the looks he gets. Uh, again, if he has to create uh, his own shot every single time consistently, it's hard to be really efficient at that unless you're the best of the best. Um, I, I forgot – Forgot what kind of he shot this last year for, for Southwest efficiency-wise. Um, had, had, no, I hadn't looked at that recently, but 
Um, he was not good against Omaha Westside, yeah. but that was at an all-time low, I think, yeah. for that Southeast team. Yeah, they, they, well, they only dressed eight that game. Southwest, yeah. Uh, Did I say Southeast? Yeah, yeah. I meant Southwest. Um, yeah, so that was interesting. We'll see kind of how, how it all plays out with kind of the movement in Lincoln, new faces. Uh, speaking of Southwest, though, uh, that was uh, the first boys game I watched. Um, oh, Lincoln Frager. Southwest against a Shawnee Mission Northwest team that I was really impressed with, but – Man, that first half for Braden Frager and, uh, was one, probably the most impressive like half of basketball that I've seen all spring or summer. He, right off the bat, he was coming out gunning, making plays. Uh, and it wasn't just like he knocked down, uh, so knocked down a three, a pull-up elbow, and then another three. Mm-hmm. Uh, and next time, uh, I forgot if it was the next time, but he had a play. Basically, he scored 17 points on seven of eight shooting in the first half. The only miss was a three that circled the rim and popped out, was halfway down off a nice baseline play. It was a good look and uh, looked like it was going down. Uh, he had, again, three of those uh, buckets were dunks, including one where uh, there, there's one in transition, whatever, where um, it, open court, it's a little different. Half court, got the ball, faced up his man, pump fake, rip, drive by, uh, exploded past him, and then went up and finished that strong. Like, those are the plays, like, Okay, that's different. Like, you're dunking on dudes in the half court yeah. against a set defense. Yeah. That, that shows that you're special. And I, I was sitting next to Nate Lenzer for this game, and he was, uh, he was certainly excited about what he saw there. <laughs> um, and and, and Frager, he just recently picked up an Iowa State offer, too, so it would be highly competitive yeah, locally. Yeah, I think he picked that up, like, down in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Like, right, I think that might have been on Sunday after day one or whatever. But um, So he – Cooled off in the second half, south, Southwest. Problem, they're just so small right now with yeah. what they look like during June. Heck, Frager didn't play with them last night. They were literally nothing but guards. Like Jackson Cruz was the biggest player on the team. Uh, it's just playing and just playing basically all guards right now, just because of who they have available to them. So, um, and that really, they just could not get stops against the Shawnee Mission team well enough. Um, although, um, again, man. Little bias here, but giving a shout out to uh, my guys, Micaiah Sanders. Like he, <laughs> he's so good with this ball pressure and their, their pressure late. They, I've seen this so many plays where his ball pressure, trapping, getting hands on the ball late in games has been huge mm-hmm. for Southwest. Uh, and there was a game that, like they had a chance to win this, tie it up late, and part of it is because Micaiah and BJ Sanders uh, kind of teamed up. Uh, trapped the ball, knocked the ball. Micaiah got it, attacked the basket, and threw up a tough floater over a contest. It banked it in to make it uh, to tie it up or to make it one possession game. I forgot, whatever. Um, Southwest needed to, to get a bucket on the last play, and they had two looks at it, didn't go down, so they ended up losing uh, by two, I think it was. But um, really good showing from Frager uh, in that half. Um, so that's, th- those were kind of the three guys with Division One offers right now. That, that were down there. Um, I guess probably the, the most impressive team performance that I saw was Miller North. And oh, yeah. man, when, when that thing is rolling and they got guys hitting shots and making the right plays, that, that team is so well balanced, so tough. Um, you got a lot of different guys making plays. I mean, they shot over like 62% from the field, 11 of 21 from three, uh, beat uh, a, a team by uh, a Dismet Jesuit out of Missouri, beat them by 30. Uh, and then so many different guys making plays. Uh, 
Neil Mosser, he, he's, he's been really good. 16 points, hit four threes, three assists. Elijah Gaith, 14 points, really efficient, five of seven from the field, hit two threes, um, had six assists and three steals. Um, they, they, they combined to score Middle North's first 20 points, uh, 12 for Gaith, eight for Mosser. Hey, um, and he's sprinkling guys like Sutton Pikowski. And, and he, in the second half, uh, was – Really good, picked it up. Um, he it scored 14 points, um, uh, most of that, uh, or nine of that after halftime. Scoring, in the, and that's interesting. So they were stretching. So they had Sutton go to work in the post. They had Cam Money on back to back possessions. Got big, an and big, one. Big Money guy. Another As you know. You got him scoring in the post. You got uh, Derek Rollins, who we know is capable of scoring in the post. So you can kind of invert your offense. You can put a few different guys down there on the post with the shooters they've got around them. Um, heck, even like. Uh, Grant Urbanic and uh, Amari Rahman and um, uh, Keelan Ben, like all the guys that are kind of fighting for those other rotation spots, they all made a play or two here. It's like uh, that was really impressive. So the key for them, I, I think it's it's very very apparent is ball handling and taking care of the basketball. If they share it, they'll be fine, right? But teams that match up in the backcourt will put a ton of pressure on them, yeah. and so if they overcome that, they're they got a lot of scoring options. Yep. Perhaps it, the only team I think they can really match their offensive firepower in terms of versatility, not just being prolific, I think it's probably Bellevue West. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, although Bell West, man, uh, watched them play once and uh, in the 30s lost. Uh, it's, 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 uh, it's different without the general, well, but they'll get used to it. 0 for 16 from three. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I'll ever see Bellevue West go over from the three-point line in any setting in any game again so I think that was a bit of an outlier they held the other team to 30 some points too the defense is still there Robbie uh, Garcia and Jacob Rope were both good had combined for 20 some of their uh, 30 whatever it was um, they just couldn't get shots to fall um, and uh, not having the side dotes or that all right shots aren't falling go get you a bucket and here's the other thing different. with him though is and we used to say this about Jaden until we you know He's got such a quick release. Being open doesn't matter. But yeah. there were stretches we would talk about him. <clears throat> Excuse me. And with Josiah getting to any spot on the floor, Jaden could run and sprint the spots, and he's going to get a good clean yeah. look. So I think him finding a groove and where guys need to get him the ball and where he's going to get the ball will be a little bit of a work in progress without Dotzler. But very underappreciated quality from Josiah where – He'd make a cross-court skip pass. The game winner that Jaden hit against Westside, he was so patient with the ball screen in the two-man game. Like, that takes some guard savvy. Jackson's a great shooter, but getting him the ball in those advantageous spots is very, very critical. So I think they'll, they can, they'll may need some time. You probably can't do it like J.D. did, but, I mean, that may take a little bit of time of where to get the ball and, and how to get him to his spots. Yeah, um, another team that I was impressed by that I, I saw Carney play at Creighton's team camp. They, oh, they were missing right, some of their guys. Let me guess, Ben Johnson, right? Uh, yeah, uh, Ben Johnson, <laughs> really He's, good in this one. But it wasn't just him. Like, he, he had 19. Uh, they're going to be good. I yeah. That Carney team will be good. Yeah, and uh, kind of seeing them play. They've got more pieces. Asher Endorf uh, next to him that, who transferred from North, moved there from North Bend Central last year. Um, he, he was uh, – kind of versatile piece, can do a little bit of everything, kind of that glue guy, good length at the four spot next next to Johnson. Um, Colt Straka played really well, guard there. Luke Draper had 10 points off the bench. 
Um, they've got some size. They've got some guard options. Uh, Ian Piper's a guy that shot the ball well at the Creighton team camp that I saw. Um, so they got a lot of different pieces uh, that can play. They're going to have they're going to have some pretty solid depth. I don't know that they've got ten high level guys, but they can go ten deep or whatever uh, with guys that you feel comfortable playing mm -hmm. in a varsity game. I think next year, and uh, I think they I, I they might have gone four. No, I can't remember. Maybe three, but. They had a really good week. I know Papio South did. Was Carney yeah. undefeated too? They, they might have been. I, like I said, I I didn't didn't keep track of who all did. I I think I think Prep went four zero as well. Um, and it's another team I saw them play against Liberty, Missouri. And man, we, we talk about that Trinell Parker and Dylan Claus in the front court. And boy, uh, it was an, on full display in this one. Trinell had twelve of Prep's first fifteen points, and the other three was from Dylan. <laughs> uh, that's the way they started the game. Uh, Trinell ended up finishing with 18 points um, uh, on 7-9 from the field. Uh, had five boards, two assists, two blocks. Uh, Clawson finished with 14 points, three of six from the field, hit a three. I got to the line a lot, um, nine rebounds, three assists. And I think Dylan's a guy that, uh, one, late bloomer, didn't really break out until last year. Mm -hmm. Even last spring, you could – heading into last season, spring and summer, you can see like there's something here, but he wasn't consistently like impacting the box score, even for that OSA team. Uh, then he went on to be prep's best player last season. Uh, and now he's a guy that I think you get him in a strength and uh, callwood strength and conditioning program, what he's going to look like in two years compared to what he is now. Cause right now uh, he's a guy, I think he can, he can create plenty of contact. He can't really finish through contact mm -hmm. super well. Like, there are a couple of times where he went in and collisions at the basket and he went flying. Um, but, man, he, he's so skilled, uh, good length. Can, like I said, can play, uh, can play in a lot of different spots on the court for you. Uh, Carson Jones was good in that game too, 13 points. Uh, I think it was made, made some nice – hit a few big threes and made uh, some other – had a couple of tough rebounds, made a really nice pass. So, like, those three, uh, that's a really nice core. Uh, for prep to, to, to build around. And then it's going to come down to, I think, like we talked about last week, the backcourt. Yep. Um, got, got some young talent. Caleb Jesu is a guy that played JV for them last year that I think is making a move this spring to actually be a, uh, potentially a starter or in that mix of your top two, three guards there. Um, you, you've got uh, uh, Torn Carter-Brown as a sophomore. Who's played? Who's got some valuable yeah. minutes last year. Marquise Tolliver, Emmett Knight are the other guys in that backcourt. So, like, those are the guys that you're um, – that they're kind of building around there, and we'll see. Um, they'll have a chance to, again, be top five team right there, c c uh, contend for a state title as long as the, those, guard, uh, those guards come along. And you, you found another young one, too, watching that Papio South team to go with Ball and Kircher. With Mr. Beckenauer. And he got some good varsity minutes last year, and they, they played a lot of freshmen and sophomores last year. All those guys are back. Uh, but, man, Reese apparently – I didn't get to see Papio South down there, but they, they kept track uh, for themselves. Reese shot 14 to 27 from three apparently in their and, and And averaged over almost five assists a game too. So, so when he's sharing it like that, he's, he's hard to handle. Yep. So good, good weekend for Nebraska overall. It was fun to see teams going down and kind of showing well for the state, especially in front of those coaches. They were – there are a good number of coaches there, um, so it's cool to see. Yeah, good for the Midwest, and in particular good for Nebraska. Uh, that's another week of Nebraska Press Post Games. That's my man Jacob Padilla. I'm old DB. We'll be back next week. Make sure you tune in. A Herd at Sports Network production.